Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Thursday. Happy Groundhog Day. Happy Sammy Sosa Day, traded on this day back in 2005. And uh, getting closer to the weekend, happy Justin Steele Day. We've got a big interview coming up with Justin Steele on the podcast today. It's a lot of fun. He was a great guest, gave us a lot of time. We appreciate it. Uh, We've got some other things to talk about. We want to make sure you're subscribing, first of all, to the YouTube page for CHGO so you don't miss any of the videos that we post throughout the day, any news that we post there throughout the day, any of the podcasts that we put up there throughout the day. So make sure you subscribe, give us the like, give us the five-star review, and you won't miss anything. And we also want you to sign up to be a diehard at allchgo.com. That's important because of, uh, first of all, the great discounts you get. You get the diehard card. You get uh, free privileges and things. And you get to be part of cool things like we had last night, our first ever virtual happy hour for the CHGO Cubs. Um, And we had a lot of fun with it. A A lot of people showed up. A lot of people chatted. And we hung out for literally some of us almost two hours yeah. uh, drinking three, one, two, drinking a little goose Island and just talking Cubs baseball on a zoom meeting, basically. So it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Luke Stockmark, Cody Delmondo, Ryan Herrera with you as always. Uh, did you guys have a good time on the virtual happy hour? I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, we have some of our friends from that virtual happy hour in the chat right now. I know he's already here. Yeah. Yeah. Shane's Shane's here. <laughs> Shane, Brian, uh, Brian G. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part, undoubtedly, was finally getting to be face to face with uh, Michael Collada, the legend, <laughs> the legend that everyone knows. Uh, the Godfather, the Godfather. The God- of yeah. 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 It was a great time, though. And, uh, you know, obviously, Corey and, and Brennan were there, too. So everyone got to see them yell at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously, and uh, Jared was there. Um, you know, yeah, it was, I, I will say, cause I was like the admin, like I was the one who was letting people into the, the happy hour. I was, you were the it, was a good, it was a good first one for me because I, I believe that when, once the season gets here, when we have these, the crowd will be much bigger. So it was a good test run for me for the first mm-hmm. time in terms of letting people in and giving everyone a chance to talk. Um, so when those crowds get even bigger, we'll have to be a little bit more organized, but 
considering the amount of people we had last night, we were able to just kind of free flow it. And it was cool to get to know people uh, in that way. It was it was a chance to wet the beak, right? Like we yeah. just talk a little Cubs baseball. We're less than two weeks from pitchers and catchers officially reporting, although by all accounts, it looks like a lot of guys are already in Arizona as usual, uh, getting their work in before the team officially has to be there. But once we get spring training going, I feel like we need to do another one just to kind of once they get into Cactus League action and we have some actual games and information and updates to talk about. I think Cody's right. There's going to be a lot more to talk about. And then obviously, you know, we'll try and do some virtual ones during the season and hopefully some in-person ones during the season as well, which again, if you're a diehard, you get the discounts to all that stuff, which is a lot of fun. I see uh, Sir Silent of the Fogs. Uh, we got a super chat already saying Lighter Jr. back. We're getting the bullpen depth. He's right. Yeah, that was That's the nice. announcement uh, today, right? Mark Lighter Jr., that's the big yeah, news of the day. With the Cubs, an invite to Major League Spring Training. I got to ask. I have to ask, guys. What was your favorite part of the three-week free agency frenzy for Mike or for Mark Leiter Jr.? <laughs> hey, his <laughs> his splitter was at times his splitter was pretty effective last year, and so to have an arm like that that you know maybe you're not super counting on, but to have that as depth, I think is a good thing. I I was kind of yeah. surprised when he didn't immediately come back to the organization, but I'd also don't blame him for exploring what else was out there. If there was a better opportunity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he's like you said, he's a good depth. Um, I, I was reading, I think Brian Smith, our friend on Twitter or our friend from Beecher nation, he tweeted it out that he was, if he would have accepted the outright assignment would have gotten like, I guaranteed like 50% of his last year's salary. So mm-hmm. it could have been something like, he rejected it because he wanted more money, but always knew he was coming back to the Cubs. So they were just kind of negotiating it or something like that. That, that could be it. Um, but minor league deals, spring training invite, he's depth. And when the Cubs need, when the Cubs need guys to, you know, go in that bullpen, which they eventually will, every team does injuries happen. Um, I think you could do worse than having Mark letter jr. Come up and be that little depth piece out of the bullpen. Maybe give you an inning or two every now and then he's not going to be, your high leverage reliever, but he was fine out of the bullpen last year. I, I think you could do worse than having Mark Leiter Jr. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an again nice death piece, and you know he he performed well enough at the end of last year where we were like when he when he didn't just come back like we assumed he would. Um, I wouldn't say that we were bummed, but we were like Luke said, surprised. So I think he's just. He's very solid middle of the inning relief depth, uh, you know, if an injury happens or, you know, if he honestly, the way he pitched at the end of last year, I wouldn't be upset if he was on the opening day roster, but I just don't know. Like there's rumors out there still that the Cubs are going to go get a a veteran reliever, um, but which is, which would be great. And that would probably make him more of a minor league depth piece who can, you know, come up and and help when there's an injury. But uh, yeah, I, I don't have, I don't really have, an opinion he he was he was honestly he was better than what a lot of people in the youtube chat last year thought of him uh and we realized he was way better as a reliever than he was a starter so you know take what we can get from him because he's cheap and you know he's he's got that chip on his shoulder uh to to be something so you always like to have those types of guys it's just the process of will 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 they you know bring you value or not so he's kind of a toss-up 
I see uh, Michael Collada, despite us keeping him up late on the virtual happy hour last night, has joined the chat. Um, we had we had a lot of different people. We had Mark, we had Brian, we had Ann, we had Joseph last night. Uh, not everybody talked. Some people just were there to listen and nice. hang out. Others wanted to be yeah. a part of it, ask questions, and that's just the way those are going to go. It's it's not a uh, – you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, and you can just hang out if you want, or you can fire away any question you want. Um, we had some fun questions, I thought. Um, yeah. So, anyway. I think my favorite part of getting to know Michael Collado was just uh, getting his his insight on watching guys who I didn't get to watch. So Yeah, from like yeah. 1960. He, he fired yeah. a few names that I said, like, you guys remember? And we were all like, even I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And I, oh, to be honest, I wasn't sure if he was a, like a diehard member because I hadn't seen him in the Discord. So, uh, it was a pleasant surprise when he showed up. Yeah, that was great. Uh, another another super like chat. We got another super chat from Dustin Allen here. What do we got? What's the, likely, what's the likelihood of getting Dexter on the pod now that he's with Marquis? Uh, hey, we, we work on it. I don't know. I don't know if the likelihood is great. <laughs> so that's you can always, be, you can that's work. up to Marquis and up to Dexter, right? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I would say Dexter probably be into it, but it, we'll, we'll see. We'll work on it for sure. We will definitely try. I thought they we're going to talk about him later in the podcast, but I did see his name come up and they just had it as Dexter. They had some bit that they were going to bring out like Dexter dexterity or something like that, but they had Dexter written like the TV show, which was one of my favorite shows when it was on. And so I will admit that one of their graphics on yesterday's first show with him kind of uh, grabbed my attention. Here's what's going to grab your attention the Justin Steele interview. Like I know all three of us here think that Steele has a chance to be really, really good this year. You know, last year at this time, we were waiting for him to kind of separate himself from the pack of young pitchers and, and really show that he could do it full time in the rotation. He did. And there was a point that actually everything turned for him. So we talked, uh, Ryan and I talked to him about pretty much everything I'd say we spent maybe a half hour with him, uh, tried to ask as many questions as we could, but it was also just fun to hang out with somebody who clearly has a love for not only baseball, but sports in general and oh, yeah. sports talk in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a big so, Alabama fan, right? Yeah. He's, he's very open. Football he's fan. a huge Alabama fan, big yeah. saints fan. Like he's very, and that's what you like, right? You like the guys to, to be diversified and then not just only care about baseball. And, and I've talked to him in the past. He's a big Jordans guy, too. There you go. Yeah. And he, you know what? You just want – whenever you get a chance it's to talk to somebody who's – by Cody. Yeah. Whenever you have someone, reporting. a guest or someone that's willing to do an interview, what you want is a willing participant, right? You don't want somebody that's just going to be like – if they're going to agree to do it, you want don't want them to be all bummed out because they're doing the interview and hanging out. I don't think that was the case. I think he actually had a good time hanging out and just mm-hmm. talking sports. We talked um, about being a new dad. We talked about 2022, and we talked about the turning point maybe in his season. So we're going to play part one for you right now, and then we're going to jump back after that first part, and we'll all react to it afterwards. But here's Justin Steele, part one from Cubs Convention. Big day for the podcast. We got Justin Steele here. First of all, very excited to have you. Thank you. Really for enjoyed me. watching you pitch, uh, especially last year. Um, you know, 
I, I wonder what you go into an off season thinking, like when you sit down and have those exit meetings, because last year was, I don't know if you want to call it a breakout year, what you want to call it, but mm -hmm. when those exit meetings happen, then where does your mind go as you walk out of those meetings? Um, this past year, I mean, I had the back thing at the uh, end of August or whatever. So September was just, you know, trying to get back to 100% healthy going into off season, so I don't have to worry about the back, which we did. I was throwing bullpens, full capacity and everything. Just didn't, we didn't really have time to build me back up and get me back out there. But, I mean, when I walk out of the door of my exit meetings, I just like, all right, it's time to relax, take like three weeks off, don't think about baseball, really just soak into the football season. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I try to do. And then I usually start picking the baseball back up, working out and different things about three weeks into the off season. Outside of that, I'm sure, uh, dad life took at least a little bit of time from your yeah. off season, right? Was that, how's that been? It's, it's been amazing though. Oh my God. He's just growing like a weed. He's, he's so much fun to be around. He's yelling at me at all times. It's a lot of fun. So what, six months, yeah, uh, a couple he's, days he's ago, six, six months old, he's crawling around, like picking himself up. Mm -hmm. It's, it's crazy to watch. And he's like trying to talk. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's a lot less sleep as a, as a new dad myself. I got a one year old and it's like, first of all, it doesn't end, right? Like the, no, there doesn't. is, there is no off switch on the day. Nope. It, it just continues. Um, is that your favorite part? What's your favorite part of it? Favorite part is just, uh, I guess when Libby would go to work, like goes and does a workout, it's just me and him. And like, we're just laying in the floor, like on his play mat. And I'm just like playing around with him, rolling the ball to him. He gets yeah. excited trying to talk to him, just doing those kind of things. And just to your point, like waking up in the middle of the night, like, you know, you hate it in the moment. You're like so tired and you're in there and you're picking up a baby, just screaming right yeah. in your face, yelling at you. But, you know, in hindsight, you know, those are the best moments, you know, getting, getting calmed down. He loves you, gives you a hug and you put him back down. It's the best. I was going to ask if you'd been like putting the, the ball in his left hand, trying to get him used to that. He, yeah, He's using both hands. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not really biased. I mean, <laughs> if he wants to be a shortstop or, you know, play golf, there's a bunch of different routes he can take. <laughs> there you go. He can do what he wants. Uh, so that's obviously been one adjustment for you going into the, the off season. We talked to Keegan a little bit when he was here about how he added a new pitch. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we talked to Tommy how to be in the off season about that. What was a turning point for you this season where you think, I know a lot of people have mentioned John Lester said something. I don't know how mm -hmm. true this story is, mm -hmm. but Lester said something, pound a fastball, pound a fastball. Yeah. Was that a turning point for you or is there something else? Was it, you know, adding a pitch? Was What was it? Yeah, so Lester was talking to Rossi about like my outings and stuff. And he was saying if he could just like hone in on that fastball low and end to the righty, it opens up a lot more doors the miss if i'm going there and i miss arm side that miss still becomes like in the strike zone like you know it's still a competitive pitch whereas if i'm aiming high and i miss high you know it's a non-competitive pitch it's kind of a waste pitch you're just adding to your pitch count so i think that really kind of took a turn for me i started limiting you know the pitch count the misses were more competitive and then i was able to throw my other pitches off of that the slider worked really well off of it i think in the second half of the season i was just like really honed in of working them two pitches off the one another and then if a bat dictated a different situation i would mix in my other pitches and i know you didn't you didn't end the season the way you wanted to mm -hmm. uh, pitch and didn't pitch at the end of the season but when you reflect on what 2022 was for you i mean how do you describe that for what as far as your career goes yeah i mean it, it was it was a great year you know it was a lot of fun to like do it and be a part of it um really glad you know like get on that hot streak that I did get on in the second half. I really feel like I started putting things together, um, putting good start after good start together. It was really good to see that. And, you know, like you said, the injury 
wasn't ideal, but, you know, going into this season, you know, it's definitely a goal of mine, 30, 35 starts, 180, 200 innings, you know, just try to be that workhorse in the rotation. I was going to ask you about that 180, 200 innings. Mm -hmm. Like that just doesn't, first of all, it doesn't happen. I think there were seven or eight guys that pitched 200 innings last season in all, in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, what kind of goals do you have for yourself going into this season? Is it an innings thing like you just mentioned? Is it, you know, being a key part of the rotation? What specifically do you want to focus on this year? Yeah, I mean, my, my, pretty much what I just said, like my main goal is the, the you know, 180, 200 innings, 30, yeah. 35 starts, which means like you're not missing a start. You're taking the ball every fifth, sixth day, whatever the case may be. And that's kind of my goal for the season. And I feel like if those things happen, then, everything else is going to be all right. The peripherals, the numbers, everything's going to be all right. If I just, if I can get 180, 200 innings, 30, 35 starts, I'll be in a really good spot. What kind of things have you focused on this off season or, you know, continue to be focusing on as you get closer to spring training, um, as far as like building your body up to be able to withstand, you know, or, you know, or go through the whole season, healthy, 180, 200 innings. You know, that's obviously where you want yeah. to get. What have you kind of focused on to kind of build your body up that way? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, attacking the weight room like I always do, you know, just working hard. If anything, I'd say I'm, I might be doing a little bit less just so like I've, I've definitely in past off seasons, like I'll just like kill myself. I'm working out with like football players are getting ready for the NFL draft and stuff. And, you know, I'm in there trying to keep, keep up with them guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say if anything, I'm just being smarter and working with more, um, more focus on what I'm doing and realizing that you know the things that i'm doing and implicating it to the mound and using it in that way i think that's the big change i've made this off season and this going into this year like any workout i'm doing i'm making sure it like uh relates directly to like the mound what i'm doing on the mound what i'm trying to do we were talking to adbert about you and the one word he said he just looked in at ryan he said steel's gonna be nasty <laughs> Na nasty when you look at the group of young pitchers that this organization has coming up and mm -hmm. the way the pitching has really started to kind of explode throughout the organization. How excited are you about what you see? I'm very excited. I'm I'll always talk about the farm and what's coming up. I mean, the COVID year 2020, I was at the alternate side. We had Brennan Davis there at the time. And I think he was like 20, 21 years old. And the at bats he was giving me at that time, being that young. And like, I mean, there's guys that were French big leaguers that were there at the alt site. And he's like, I mean, he's playing with us, you know, like it, it was really impressive. And just to know that there's like so many more that we have, Pico Armstrong, there's a ton of pitchers I could list off, Jensen, you know, we got DJ Hers here. Like, I mean, it's deep and they're really good. It's it's not just, like, you know, like talk or anything. Like I'm been seeing it with my own eyes and they're really good. A lot more, like a lot better than I was at that age. You know what I mean? Like they're really advanced. And beyond the farm system depth, obviously the, the major league team has a lot of depth starting pitching wise I mean, yeah. they comes brought back drew smiley mm -hmm. um signed jameson tyone yeah. what excites you about working with all those guys and the amount of arms that you have on this uh, pitching staff that could theoretically be a part of that rotation yeah i mean for me it's just getting to know the guys i love like you know hanging out chopping up in the locker room with the guys you know me and jamo's already been chatting up about football and stuff that that's my main thing is like getting to know the person i, I really like the uh the personality side of side of people you know getting to know people on a personal level like really excited but we got smiley back too um he's one of my good friends you know we golf together and stuff so it was really good to get him back as well is that a, a lefty thing like you drew i know wade last year's yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bond you guys have as lefties 
I've always heard like lefties just like generally like, they just generate to one another there's something about the way the brain works and stuff but i mean it's true ron valone he's a pitching coach yeah. for us rb he, he told me that it was like lefties he was like they always got each other <laughs> <laughs> there you go so that's part one with justin Steele. a love his personality uh b i love for the first time in a long time what i see coming for the cubs pitching staff like he's the first wave like Steele and Keegan Thompson and maybe Wes Neske this year. Those guys are the first wave and it's fun to hear them talking about what's coming, whether it's Brendan Davis or the young pitchers. I feel like almost everybody in the organization that we've had a chance to speak to either indirectly or directly, they've all said the same thing. We've seen it with our eyes. So that's why you don't worry about what you see when a top 100 list comes out and it's the same three guys over and over. And why is this guy down this spot from this spot? None of it matters if the people telling you that are seeing it with their own eyes, not somebody that makes a list and knows that they have to adjust the list this far and I got to make it different than the list I had a week ago. People that are seeing it firsthand are telling you, no, these guys are for real. In fact, they're further along than I was. And so that's what I found uh, super exciting in that first segment was him saying, no, 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 no. DJ Hers and these guys are further along than I was at that age. And that is a really positive sign. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my take, because I didn't get to experience this with you guys uh, just on that first half is, uh, yeah, the the guy, one of the reasons that I he grew on me was you could, you could feel his personality on the field. He wears his uh, like emotions on his sleeve. Like I do in a way, the way he gets hyped up on, on the field when, when a, uh, a big play happens from his defense or something like that. And he shows that in this interview and in the first half that we just showed, uh, I love everything he said about like, you know, with his newborn and his family and stuff. And, uh, he's just an easy guy to cheer for. And, and the fact that he was never really a, a top prospect in the Cubs system, even even when the system wasn't that good, uh, shows how far he's come along. And, you know, going into last year, we were, I was just like, give the guy the opportunity to start and let's see what happens. And, of course, those first couple months were a struggle. And then, as you pointed out with the stuff about Lester with him, um, that's when he really flipped the script starting in June and mm-hmm. um, would have been interesting to see how it all would have played out if he didn't get hurt at the end of the year, but whatever. I, I think he's taking a lot of momentum into next season. And I think my guy, Mike dubs in the, in the, in the chat says, mark my words, Lester 2.0 here. I, I, I want to get to that level of optimism, but it's hard to, it's hard to replicate John Lester. So I won't put that pressure on him, but he definitely has the same type of vibe and that's why people like people keep saying that. So, um, yeah, no, he's, he seems like, he seems like some guy who can really, you know, really change the projections for the Cubs. If he is able to not only stay on the field, but continue to eat innings like he did in the second half of the season for the Cubs. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, John Lester, when he talked about John Lester, um, mm-hmm. Steven, do we have those stats the the pre, before and after John Lester's advice. Uh, so he got the, he, it was like right before, like May 31st is that last start. And I think in between then and his next start on June 5th is when Lester um, kind of gave him that advice. So the first half, 
first side is, is through May 31st last year, 5.40 ERA, 25.3% K percentage, 12.6 walk rate, uh, 1.58 whip, and a 43.4 ground ball rate. After getting that advice from Lester and working on that stuff, he finished the season uh, 2.0. This is, this is from June 5th on, 2.05 ERA, 24.2% K rate. 8.2% walk rate, 1.24 whip, and a 55.3% ground ball rate. Um, so a, a little dip, a, a small dip in the strikeout rate after he kind of focused on getting that fastball in to righties. Uh, but you see the, the way it, it affected the rest of his stats there, right? Like the, the walk rate, big drop in the walk rate after that, after you know focusing on that, um, you know, the whip, walks and hits per innings pitch, drop, got a lot more ground balls. And one of the things I remember him talking about was, you know, the fact that when he was missing before that, when he was missing and, and Rossi at Rossi at the time talked about it too, that a lot of the times he was trying to go low, low middle. Right. Uh, and when he was missing, they were non-competitive pitches, but when he started focusing more on what Lester was telling him, a lot of his pitches were a lot more competitive. So even though the strikeout rate wasn't like there, you got guys, maybe were putting too much or, uh, more balls in play. Um, but the walk rate was dropping because he wasn't missing badly. Like there were still competitive pitches. And when the guys put the ball in play, you see with that ground ball rate, like it was soft contact on the ground at a, at a much higher rate. So it's funny because as John Lester, just kind of watching this on TV and giving his advice. And then, you know, Justin Steele going in, taking that advice and really working on it. And you see the fruits of that later, right? You see the results from what John Lester told. I think that's a really cool thing is just, even though John Lester's not on the team, he's not even in person. He's watching on television, but he could still kind of see these things and give that tip to a guy like Justin Steele, who's trying to, you know, he realistically is still finding his footing at the big league level. Yeah. Yeah. And by having him with him too, is that he just oh, gave up ahead, a lot of, sorry, Luke. No, 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 go <laughs> ahead. The big thing with him, I thought in that, just if you want to put the entire season together, but mainly after he talked to Lester was, he just didn't give up a lot of home runs. And uh, Ryan, mm -hmm basically says that with, you know, the, the soft ground ball rate, right? Like, so I, that's, that's something that I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about right now going into next season with him. So that's something to keep in yeah. mind. Yeah. But by having, I was going to say by having those competitive pitches that Lester was trying to push him towards, that's how he's going to last longer. Cody, we, we all at the end of the season talked about, what would we like to see from this guy the next year? And I think Cody said, I want to see 185 or 180 from my guy, Justin Steele. And you know what? He's, he's on the same track. That's what he's yeah. thinking too. He wants to be a guy that goes out there and pitches a lot of innings for the Cubs and is productive. And you started to see a really good string of that after that. I'm not going to, I don't want to put all of this on the advice that John Lester gave him. Clearly, it helped him some, right? So Cubs fans should be thankful, and I'm sure Steele is thankful, and David Ross is thankful that he saw that and was willing to share it with a guy that he thought he could help. But you still have to take the advice and put it on the field and make it happen, which he did, right. which is very exciting. Now, something we could help him out with, you know, maybe after he does his workouts at spring training, if Ryan could show up with some Green Ridge Farm meat sticks – potentially this could be the thing that puts him into the all-star category this season. Yeah. You're talking about recovery. He needs a protein after long workouts. I mean, Greenridge Farms, what's better? What's better than Greenridge Farms, right? Nothing. Greenridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option 
makers of all natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. These all natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick. Make a perfect post workout snack. Exactly like we're talking about. He gets off the when he gets off the mound after his bullpen or something. Uh, he walks past me and I'm just like, I'll, I'll pull I'll pull a meat stick out of my pocket. Like, hey, here you go. Hang up. If you, if you if you need that post workout snack, meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. Haven't tried them yet. If you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. They're delicious because they are made from recipes generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. Right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Beautiful. So uh, we're going to might send you down to Arizona with some Green Ridge Farm. We'll see if we can work that out. Uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether that's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. They have an authorized engineer that will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually. They last about two hours. And then within three to four weeks of that, Customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. Be ready to sign up for that facility assessment. Call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. So we've got more from uh, Justin Steele coming. First of all, if you haven't already hit the like button on this, I'm disappointed in you. Second of all, go ahead and do it now. We appreciate that. Um, I like Kalada's comment we got up right here. If he pitches, if Steele pitches between 180 to 200 innings, I'll drink a case of Goose 312 on the podcast. Hard to do these days. Yeah, I don't even know if I could drink a full case in an hour, man. But we're holding to that. Hold well, to that are, I'd hold him to like both a six pack. <laughs> drink, drinking a drinking a case at my age impossible. Um, pitching 180 to 200 innings at my age impossible. Maybe not for Justin Steele. If he stays healthy, you, basically you gotta gotta have a guy that's gonna go six, seven innings almost every start. Even even on those starts, um, you know, I, I think back to like vintage Kyle Hendricks or John Lester for that matter. When they don't have their best stuff, they still find a way to compete, hang in there, and keep the team within striking distance, even if early runs go off the board. And so I, you know, first of all, that's about being a competitor and then it's, it's about stamina to be out there that long too. So it's something he's told us he's going to work on. Now in part two, uh, we talked a lot about 2023 and then at the end of this conversation, he, we also got into his love for college football. (laughs) He loves the sport almost as much as he loves baseball. 
the beginning of that first interview, we said, what did you do this offseason? He's like, well, as soon as I, you know, I get home, I, I sink and soak into the college football and <laughs> into the football season. <laughs> so uh, he talks about college football and he gives a little advice to the Chicago Bears coming up here in segment two. Do you think people are uh, underestimating this team and this staff? Because when you look at what was done during the offseason so far, a lot of emphasis on defense, a lot of emphasis on pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the defense is everywhere. You got gold gloves everywhere you look. You're going to have a champions. Gold. Yeah, you're going to have a champions. That's what I'm saying. You're yeah, going to have gold glovers around you, champions around you. Do you think this team can be competitive, and do you think they will be overlooked going into the season? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know what really other people were saying or anything, but I definitely shouldn't be overlooked. I mean, you had Dansby Swanson, Cody Bellinger, you know, had J-Mo to the rotation, bringing Smiley back, all the additions we're having. You know, we're just getting better and better. And, I mean, the second half of the season last year was pretty dang good for us, and then you just add – you know, pieces on top of that. I mean, it's only going to go forward with it. You know what I mean? And I think it's a really, I think it's really important that we're adding people that's been there, won championships, and like know exactly what it's taken. They've been a part of winning cultures. I think that's really important. And then, as a guy who you get your strikeouts, but you also induce a lot of weak contact. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the game. When you add those guys, Dan yeah. Swanson, Cody Bellinger up the middle. I mean, you have Tucker Barnhart and Jan Gomes behind the plate now. Like, what what does that do for you as a pitcher? Knowing if they, if they put the ball in play, it you just got gives guys you confidence. You. Oh, like it just gives you confidence. Like if I like miss the pitch a little bit and they you know hit a hard ball, like I, knowing in the back of your head that you have a good defense behind you that's going to make the play you know more times than not. Like that's a really good feeling. Just gives you confidence on the mound. Do you feel like you have that confidence? moving into this season because last year was so successful that you have sort of a, a baseline to build on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's anything in life you go do it and you do it. Well, it's just builds confidence moving forward, doing that thing, whatever you're doing. Um, yeah, especially the way I ended the year, just knowing that I can, I'm capable of going on runs like that, you know, for me, like I want to do that for an entire season now, like just know it. I went, went out and did, I saw that I could do it. I want to keep doing it, you know, and prolong it. Did you watch this offseason as as a, a fan, sort of just like the numbers that were thrown out for players? And there were some unbelievably good players on the market, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they were all there at one time. And to know that there were four shortstops, were you sitting there as a Cub and also as a baseball fan sitting there saying, man, I wonder who we're going to get? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. I'm I'm a sports fan just like everybody else. So, like, I love that stuff. Like, free agency football, NBA, like, I'm – refreshing Twitter, trying to see what's going on. Yeah, I, I become a fan in the offseason because I want to see what's going on, where the additions are going to be going. Even for other teams, it's exciting to see what, you know, like the Correa stuff, like where he was going to land. Like it's fun to keep up with, you know. And what are your like immediate reactions, I guess, or what what, what do you do as, as soon as you see, you know, Jed brought in Cody Bellinger, Jed brought in Dancy Swans. Like, like what what is your kind of reaction when that stuff happens? I just get excited. Um, like I said, you're adding champions to the roster. And, you know, I just want, for me, I just want to hurry up and like get around them, start building that chemistry, get that uh, get the team bonding kind of stuff going. That's that's what I look forward to most. It seems like this team has that sort of cohesiveness, right? Of, yeah. of guys that want to do exactly what Dansby said in his press conference: win. It's all about win. It's not what happens in the game; it's how you win. So when you look at that group of guys, the first thing I thought of when they signed Dansby is you've got Nico who had a a season that could have been gold glove material. Yeah. He, His breakout, yeah, like what, unbelievable year. as a teammate, what is it like to have a guy like that? Who's willing to say you can get Dansby Swanson. I'll move to second base. 
Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Like that, that's showing you win. Yeah. That's, that's what it takes to win. You got to have people on your team. That's like bought into the plan. That's bought into the, like what we're trying to do. They're like realizing it's bigger than just a single player. Like this is a team effort, like more than just the starting nine. Like it goes deep. Like guys were calling up, like, we need you to be ready. You know what I mean? Like you got to be ready for winning baseball. Cause that's kind of what we're anticipating. So like if somebody goes down, like whoever comes up, like, you know, they got to be ready for, you know, intense games, winning games and stuff like that. So I, 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 it's really important to see from the guys up top and spreading that message down through the org. This roster looks a lot different than, you know, when you were still coming up in the system, mm-hmm. but even two years ago when you made your debut, yeah. roster looks completely different. How would you describe this group of players that are now uh, on the Chicago Cubs heading into 2023? Uh, man, I, I think like Dansby, Nico, the guy, Jan, just guys that we have on the team, I just think consistency. That's the kind of thing that comes to my mind when I, you know, list them, get, think of the guys on our team that we have now and you know i think consistency is what you need over a span of 162 games i think that's what wins championships is being consistent and you obviously it's important to get hot at the right times as well we all watch playoff baseball it's nuts but yeah i think i think of those guys i just think of consistency have you sorry have you the the other thing i'm interested in as far as the pitching side goes the pitch clock and Mm -hmm. and 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 obviously the the pickoff and the stuff that comes with it have you um, even really started considering like, oh, how like how fast I got to go when I'm pitching or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I haven't put much thought into it. I don't think it'll be a big adjustment for me or anything. I can see where like runners get on. It's a tight situation. And, you know, I'm thinking about like what pitch I should throw, who's coming up, who's after that, you know, how many outs are just different, different things are running through your head. And I think it could possibly affect me in that situation, like where I'm like actually thinking like what I need to do, taking a breath. But um, same thing for the hitters. Like they only can only call timeout one time. So like if it's a situation he calls, you get him to call timeout early. You can start like messing with him at that point. Like because he can't step out, you can just like come set and just stand there, and then you know get his timing, his rhythm all off. So it's gonna be interesting to see like how everything works out. Like there's definitely gonna be some kinks in the beginning stages of thing uh, of it and whatnot. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out. But I think it will like help the game. It's nice to have two veteran catchers back there that can lead you through that process yeah, a little bit. even though they haven't been through it either but still yeah absolutely it's always good to have a veteran presence in the locker room especially behind the plate well i joked with tucker earlier that you know him and Jan, they both caught wade miley so mm-hmm. at least they know yeah how it is so maybe you can ask them like how how it was catching wade miley and they can give you that little uh, i mean <laughs> uh, it's, it, i love wade me and him like got really close during last season he always said he was like he's like you're exactly like me when i was 20 25 26 years old he's like exactly like me he's like you're just a little better (laughs) he's he's hilarious i love wade so much i'm glad to see you know he signed somewhere i look forward to seeing him sure you'll see him at some point milwaukee yeah yeah, he'll probably run around run across him yeah great human being love that guy when we started the podcast we started talking a little bit about your love for or before the podcast your love for football yeah right And and you said that's how you spend a lot of your off season the Bears have the number one pick for the first time since 1947. Yeah. Okay? We think they have their quarterback. Yep. Now, there's a, there's a scenario where they trade the quarterback to try and reset the clock again. But if they keep Justin Fields and move forward with him, as a football fan, who have you seen out there that would be a good person to grab early on, whether it's sliding down to five, sliding down to ten, wherever it may be? Who, who do you like there for the I mean, Bears? It, if they if they hold on to the pick, they're rolling with Justin Fields. I, I think they take Will Anderson. Like I, I think he's the best defensive player in the country. I think he makes an immediate impact. 
immediately as soon as he gets to the NFL. He put him put him on the defense. He's making an impact. Um, if if they do end up trading, I, I don't know that I would, but if they do end up trading that first pick, you know, then you got to make a decision on like who you want to take. Then you got to worry about making another right decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got you got to make you got to choose between C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young, I mean, um, is it Levis from Kentucky? Yeah, Levis, yeah. Levis. So, I mean, then you got to make another decision. You got to hit it right there. And I mean, you already know what Justin Fields is. Like, he's pretty good. So, it's a sticky situation. I don't know. I can't say confidently what I would do, but I can tell you that, like, Will Anderson, top notch. He's the best defensive player in the country. And then CJ Shaw, Bryce Young, like, I mean, flip a coin like they're both like they spin the ball so well they're a lot of fun to watch i don't know who it was speaking of football obviously you're an alabama fan yeah everyone should know that by now um i during the the national championship game it might have been after uh saban was on the the call he was on the yeah yeah, the yeah i was watching and it. someone someone i forgot who it was but had said like oh like georgia has kind of taken yeah, over yeah, college yeah. football like, saban <laughs> is like is, is bama gonna take back over next year like what's what's happening i mean it's <laughs> What I say is like Bama didn't go anywhere. It's not like they're they're terrible now. <laughs> like, you know, the, I mean, the way I put, kind of lay it out: if Alabama was faced up against any, the teams that were in the playoffs, would they've been favored against? They'd probably been favored against two of them. I'd say Michigan and TCU, and then Georgia would probably have been a favorite over them. But my point is like, so if you can sit there and confidently say that, so they're one of the top teams in the country still. And for me, it was it was really good to see them win that bowl game that they went to against K State or what it was K State, right? I'm not. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was K State. Yeah, so it was really good to see them win that game because I've seen them like miss playoffs, miss the national championship game, and they like go and lose the bowl game they got because they don't want to be there. So it was really good to see them win that game. You heard it here first. Justin Steele says Bama's back in 2023. <laughs> and take Will Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> so. That was part two with Justin Steele. Uh, we got a little football talking with him. We've got some advice there for the Bears fans. Uh, during the video, Barb made a great point in the chat that he reminds her of Ted Lilly. And we've been doing all these comparisons to John Lester for Justin Steele because of, you know, both lefties, all that stuff. And he gave him the advice. But he does remind me of Ted Lilly a little bit other than he's He's more talkative. He's more outgoing. He's Ted Lilly was very quiet, all business, but also probably the most respected guy in that clubhouse for the, those teams in like 07, 08, 08. He was, everybody loved him. Everybody loved Ted Lilly. I know Ryan Dempster said he was one of the greatest teammates he ever had, went about his business, was an uber competitor and you hope that's what you get again from Justin Steele. Listen, if if Justin Steele can turn out to be Ted Lilly, that is a heck of a major league career. And I mean so, that, that that has a that, I think that's an easier like path. <laughs> that's for sure. An easier path. I mean, again, I think John Lester is a, a borderline Hall of Famer. So I mean, uh Ted Lilly had a really respectable major league career. I'll take that. <laughs> Oh yeah, very not just he was he was a way above average major league pitcher. Right. If he could if he could just to be in the conversation with those two names is you know you're talking about a guy that you have high expectations for, right? Yeah. So I, I'm not saying he's going to be Ted Lilly or he's going to be John Lester, but I can see why people want to mm -hmm. compare him to those two players because that's what we do as fans. 
whether whether you're talking about football or you're talking about baseball, everybody wants to see the next guy come up for their team and say, what is he going to be? Who does he remind me of? And sometimes it's not fair. In this case, it maybe it's not totally mm-hmm. fair, but that's certainly something for him to shoot for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ted Lilly was there was I mean, there was I felt like there were stretches where he was taking no hitters until like the sixth and seventh inning every time out. Right. Like if yeah. Justin Steele's doing that for you, like he is getting through the top of the or he's getting through the order two times through with like no sweat. Like you, you 100 percent take that. But it's like the floor he can bring you is a guy who you can count on to get through like six innings or so. Like especially in this day and age of pitchers, like you will take that. You'll take that and, and run with it because. Uh, that just that shows you he has a high floor. If he can get there, he has a high floor uh, with room, obviously, to be even better than that. And for a, for a, for a team that struggled so much to develop in house pitching, that's a win if if he can get to that level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, John I think- Lester or Ted Lilly. I have a question for you, Cody. Do you believe that Justin Steele could end up being the ace of this staff this season? I think I think there's reason to believe it. I mean, I know we are. I think we're all pretty much set in stone on Stroh being the number one guy uh, going into opening day, and you know Tyon has a very high ceiling. I think he has that potential too. Like no, a lot of people won't don't want to believe that just because of what his career has been. But again, like depends on how high you are on the Cubs pitching infrastructure. And what they've been able to do with Justin Steele is like a great example of that. Um, so you got those three guys, and then obviously the the bottom of the rotation. You know, none of those guys are going to be the number one starter at least this year. Um, and when I say at least this year, I'm talking about Hayden Wisniewski. So out of those three, I mean, I do think he has the you know he has a very high upside and has he's shown the ability to go out there and be a workhorse. And he said it in his interview that he wants to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He has the mentality. He, when he's on the mound, you feel that bulldog presence. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about that with Keegan Thompson, like, like Justin Steele has it too. And the thing about Justin Steele that was different from Keegan Thompson is that he proved he could go out there and do it for more than, you know, four or five innings on a consistent basis. Um, so I think that he's definitely a guy that at the very least he is a top three of your rotation guy and he, he could be a top three of your rotation guy on a lot of teams, not just the Cubs because of where they're at as an organization right now. I think with the upside he has and the potential for this year, he could, I think he could be a top three guy for a lot of teams. So if I feel that way, then yeah, he certainly could emerge and be like that ACE. Uh, it just depends on what you look like, what you're asking for out of an ACE. Like you ask him for him to eat innings and just be shut down uh, quality start after quality start after quality start, which that's my definition of an ace. Like you're asking for a lot for a guy who's only really done it for one year and not even really a full year. So like, I just don't want to put that pr- kind of pressure on him to do that. But I think he certainly could like he, he he's come, he's bringing a lot of momentum into this year. So, you know, that's how there's, I feel. Though. Cody, there's no pressure you could put on him that he wouldn't already be putting on himself. That's, that's Probably. kind of the feeling I get from, a lot of these young Cubs pitchers, I see uh, Jessica Bazinski is saying she's got a super chat. Steel's biggest $20. fan. $20 super chat. How about that? Dubs and Jess, Steel's biggest fans. Wow. Okay. Ryan, we when, we, when we talked about Dexter Fowler <laughs> when he retired this week, we talked about how he was able to kind of link 
the success they had in 2015 and then his signing kind of carried it's tough to carry that through an offseason sometimes and then to carry it into 2016 that was a moment that helped do it that's what Steele's got to do this season yeah. right he's he's got to find a way to go from a good 2022 the injury at the end of the season he's got to keep the good vibes somehow carried into this next season and then build on that that's the challenge yeah no that, that's 100 is a challenge and you know, I, I think he's up to the challenge. I think he's a guy that obviously isn't complacent with what he did last year, especially when you consider the fact that he pretty much, I think he missed all of September. Uh, they, when he got shut down after the back thing flared up in him uh, in Milwaukee and he didn't pitch again. So not only did he, you know, have a good season, but wants to improve on it. Like he wants to prove that he can make it through the end of the season. And uh, I, the first part that we, that we showed earlier he talked about the fact that he actually maybe has been doing a little bit less than he usually does during the offseason. You know, he said he was, like, you know, NFL draft combine kind of thing and like trying to keep up with those kind of guys. Um, and and to be doing a little bit less, I think it's it shows you he's trying to take care of his body a little bit more. Obviously, he's he's grinding and doing the things he needs to to build up his body, but he's not overdoing it. And and that that in itself is something that's going to help him you know, keep his body um, strong and, and healthy throughout the season, if he can get to that point where he's getting as strong as he needs to be without pushing past it. Um, so it's all these little things that that Justin Steele is going to be doing that obviously it has to turn into results on the field. Um, it has to turn into if he's trying to hit that 180 to 200 inning mark, he's got to go out and do it and show that he can. Um, but I, I think just what he showed us last year, especially, um, you know, post John Lester advice, um, he's got he's got good tools. He's got the tools in his repertoire to do that. And and so, yeah, it's up to him to carry that over. But it's definitely it's something that is going to be one of the bigger stories on this team is can he do that? Yeah. Listen, um, he's a, he's a oh. young guy. Right. And so just like Ryan and Steven, every young buck wants to throw on the beach muscle and, and show everybody their beach bod. But he has realized early in his career that there's another way to make him successful. You don't have to just bulk up to be mm -hmm. throwing harder or lasting longer in the game. It's It might be smaller activities. It might be Jake Arrieta's Pilates that he's talking about. It, it could be yoga. It could be just smaller activities with rotator cuff stuff that he's working on. But he's, he's trying to find a different way to approach the offseason. And I think good athletes do that. They're they're always trying to find a little something in an off season, whether it's doing it differently, trying something new. He's already tried the more of, right? He, he's tried that path. Now he's trying to find the different path to being yeah. able to stay on the mound longer and more successfully. So that's cool. Yeah. And to, to Jessica's comment as long until someone else pays more than $20, <laughs> we'll we'll call Dubs and Jess Steel's biggest fans. They can they can have that title. They're the stands. They are the <laughs> Steel stands. I until, it is no one can tell me otherwise. Until we get a larger super chat, I'm I'm in total agreement. <laughs> well, I saw uh, Dubs is all in on the uh him becoming the ace. Yeah. That he has that potential. Yeah. I don't see how you could argue against it. I, I really don't. I, I'm not saying he's gonna become the ace, but I don't see how somebody who watched him pitch could just sit there and be like, no, he doesn't, he, he can't do yeah. it. You yeah. saw the improvement from a guy who was bouncing between roles in the bullpen and starting rotation become clearly grab a hold of 
I want the rotation. I'm a part of the rotation moving forward. And if he makes a similar leap this year, well, he's going to be in that conversation, no matter what somebody else is doing. Even if you get what you hope you get out of Stroman and Tyone, he still might be in the conversation if he yeah. pitches well. Yeah. I mean, I, he, go ahead, go ahead Brody. No, no, no. You go. I talk. Okay. I was just going to say that he, like, he certainly has, you, 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 he certainly has the stuff to be able to be somewhat close to it, at least. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy had multiple appearances last year where he struck out seven to 10 batters in a game. Like, it, it wasn't like it was a one time thing. And, he has a better ability of doing that than Stroman and, uh, you know, Tyone. We'll, we'll see how he adjusts to being on the Cubs and how the Cubs m- make him better. Um, so, you know, you want to talk about the ace of the staff. It's usually the guy who's the most dominant, the one who can not only go deep into games, but it's going to rack up the strikeouts. So and he had he had plenty of starts last year. Where he did that. So, yeah, he could definitely do it. I just, you know, I to me, I want to not only see him be healthy, but I just want to see just quality outings. Like I, that's that's my level-headed expectations. Because if I put it any higher, I'm going to be disappointed. So that that's where I'm at on it. Right. Well, I mean, you had him at like almost 95 wins last year, the Cubs. So we're, we're lowering expectations. Come this on, season stop, we gotta keep Okay, it was 95. <laughs> I see Sir Silent Fog has a super chat. We've been getting the super chats today. The Justin Steele yeah. uh, fandom bringing out super chats, but he is saying. He's calling dibs on being a Samson, I believe that's supposed to be fan, a Samson fan. Hey, you can be you can be fans of Samson and Steele. I don't think they're necessarily competing for the same spot in the rotation, uh, but I do think they can be pushing each other, just as you hope guys from one to five or six or seven or eight in the starting rotation are guys that will continue to push each other each start. One other place you want to push each other, DraftKings. We're pushing you because you can win money there. Like Cody Del Mendo, who's piling up Jordans in his house. He's going to have to get an, an apartment with an extra room because at this point he's got a room full of Jordans. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Dexter Fowler uh, on Marquee in the next segment. And I got lots of thoughts on the shoe game that was on Marquee last night. Uh, but first, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official betting partner of CHGO and All City. The stage is set, and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays, boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Last night, I told you Xavier and Providence over 154, and they went to over, over thankfully went to overtime in the overhit. You're welcome. Tonight, Portland, San Diego over 161 and a half. Late night, West Coast, West, uh, West Coast Conference action, baby. Nothing better. I know that's not the NFL, but that's what I'm betting tonight. I am leaning the Eagles. I am leaning the Eagles, though, uh, related to the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. 
I see Real that uh, Sir Silent and Ginger and some other folks in the chat are are asking. I don't know something about Stan. Here, first of all, listen. My eyes aren't good enough to see the little screen to see if the word is Stan or Fan. That said, I have no idea what the Stan thing is about. Stan is just like the number one supporter. Like how Dubs is Dubs and Jessica are Steel's number one fan. Like they will they will go to the ends of the earth to defend Justin Steele. You know, you know the Eminem song Stan? He's like the obsessed super fan. Yes. Mm. Okay. I I think that's where it comes from. I never actually put that together, but that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm pretty sure it's where it comes from, but maybe not that obsessive. But Ginger, I also do not know what K-pop culture is. Okay, like no, we're I'm old. I'm old, folks. But one thing (laughs) I've learned in the last 11 months, vibes. It's all about the vibes, and I'm here for the vibes. Okay. So let's. Speaking of vibes, one more thing on the Justin Steele stuff. Yes. Uh, I love that he said that. In the offseason, he's scrolling Twitter, being a fan like the rest of us. I really appreciate that from my perspective. Also, it's a reminder of, hey, don't talk shit about Justin Steele because he might see it. So, uh, yeah, just keep that in mind. Like, you can be critical. You can be a little upset if he didn't have a good start. But, you know, maybe don't call him a, a terrible person or or a bum or something because he might see it. I'm just saying. Yeah. And it's just not a good look as a fan, in my opinion. So. <laughs> Uh, before we move on, I see in the chat everyone's talking about Alec Mills, um, uh-huh. out of out of kind of out of nowhere, um, <laughs> and asking what happened to him. I, from what I remember, uh, he was like you know activated off the he was on the sixty day to end the season, activated DFA, clear up, cleared waivers, outright it to Iowa, and then elected free agency. So I'm pretty sure he's a free agent right now. Um, and clearly, there's the market may not be huge for a guy who was hurt a lot last year, uh, but for as far as I know, and from what I remember, he's not in the Cubs system, but could certainly be another one of those minor league signings that the Cubs make. But that's that's where we're at right now with Alec Mills. Very good. Um, we mentioned vibes. You know, we were talking about vibes, how I learned the word vibes. Uh, if there was a player in 2016 that had vibes, obviously, yes, Javi Baez was one. Chris Bryant, MVP, was one. There were a lot of guys with vibes. But there was Dexter Fowler, announced his retirement this week, and now we got to see that he's part of Marquee. That announcement came last night. Then he was on their 360 show for the first time, wearing some all black, looked like suede Nikes because he's a Nike guy. And I did hear uh, Cole Wright trying to get size 13 Jordans out of him. So are you excited about Dexter Fowler (laughs) joining Marquee? And Cody, feel free to talk about the shoe game. <laughs> well, first off, Cole Wright had he had he had some he had some ones on the lows that I they're on Nike right now. I can go and get them if I wanted to, but I've been trying to save my money because you know how I lost all that money because I didn't go to Mexico. That's right. Yeah, well, I can't. I, I it, it it's been a very big struggle for me lately. Like I <laughs> I just can't do it. All right, but yeah, shout out to Cole for those. Because those are cool. Uh, and Dexter Fowler also had ones on. They're actually Jordans. I, I don't. I, they're all black though. I did like them. Yeah. Um, the shoe game on the set was great. That's a great start for vibes and a great start for a new relationship between him and uh, Marquee, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean the way he walked out there. Yeah, it was. It was everything I expected it to be uh, from a vibe standpoint. <laughs> Yeah, my expectation I, I, is that it's they need to put him on as much as possible. 
Oh, he's a good talker. Absolutely, he's a good talker, and he's very he's very credible as like a a form one of the former Cubs. Like nothing against the rest of the guys on there, but like Dexter Fowler won a World Series with the Chicago Cubs, like, and he was a big part of that. Like he's if out of any of those former players they have, except maybe maybe Ryan Dempster a little bit more, but like he is very credible as a former Cub turned analyst. Uh, So that's that's a big pick. I don't know how often he's going to be on those. That's that's what I don't know. That's the question, but for any time he's going to be on the show, like that's a win because he's you know he's Dexter Fowler. He's a big part of Cubs history, even though he was only here for two years, right? Like I personally, yeah. I just I want him on every game. Yeah, every game. I agree, but I was gonna say I would love to see him and Cameron Maben with Cole Wright mm-hmm. one time. I'd love to see how that work, how that would go out because I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, but I, I they, think you could have. I mean. I think he adds something to that broadcast, whether it's Sean Marshall or Ryan Sweeney or whoever, like you said, Cameron Maben, whoever might be there. Um, he adds something to it coming from the championship team, number one, his energy that he's going to bring, number two. And Dexter's one of those guys that's got that smile. You know what I'm talking about? When he, when he gives you the big smile – Everybody that's watching has to smile back. You can't you can't not smile back, even if he's talking about a loss. If he's smiling, he's got an infectious smile. So I, I would think that they would want to get him on as much as possible. I don't know if he's up for it because they have put out before, like so-and-so join, or let's say Joe Girardi joins Marquis. And, you know, if it's for four or five games, that's great. I, I still enjoy it. But I'm hoping by them saying – Dexter Fowler is joining Marquee that he's going to be there for a significant portion of the summer. Yeah. I, I mean, the way that they, really good. the way that they announced it and everything too. I mean, the day after he announced his retirement and not only did, not only did they have him on there, you know, in like he was there in person, like it wasn't like he was remote or anything like that. Right. So I think even if he was, uh, you know, I know they would rather, have them there in person. I think even if he came on, like, even if like, cause I don't know if he's going to, like, if he's going to be on there a lot, then obviously you'd have to move to Chicago. I would assume. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but I would, if, if he's not, most doing of those that, guys don't. I, right. So yeah. I would, I, I would hope that they can get him on there remotely as much as possible then if, but they, in the thing that says, you know, mainly for pre and post. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But I will say that I hope he is only on there majority of the time on weekends. That way everyone still tunes into CHGO Cubs pre and post game more. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. You can always DVR that show and watch it on delay, yeah. but you're going to want to be Yeah, you can get your two posts. I'm not even telling you not to watch Marquee. I'm just saying watch us first, and then you go. You That's can right. go go watch them after because on TV you can DVR it. And, I mean, you can all – you can. Come to YouTube and watch us anytime too. And we'll no, you can't. But you can't be in the chat. You can't be in yeah. the chat anytime. That, you have to watch that, it live. I'm not going to read your comments on Marquee. I'm just saying. Yep. You're you're part of our show. Yes. Yeah. Anybody that's in the chat is as much a part of the show as the three of us are part of the show. So it's like we're all doing a post game show together. Yeah. That's why you DVR the other post game shows and you you hang with us because yep. one word vibes vibes. There you go. No matter what, the um, vibes are always here. I've taught Luke so much. <laughs> vibes, Jays, Stan, all of it. Uh, next week, oh. 
Next week, the vibes continue. We have interviews with Hayden Wisniewski. We have an interview with uh, Keegan Thompson. And we're going to share some of those as we get closer to pitchers and catchers officially reporting. What are we at? Are we like 50? How many days are we away from opening day? Like 55? I, I don't know. 56, I don't know. something like that. We're under 60 oh, for sure. sure. Yeah, we're, we're under 60 we're for sure. Close. 58. Um, anyways, we're going to have a lot of fun again next week. Brendan and Corey will be here for a podcast for you on Friday as well. And so the podcast sure you, feed, not here on YouTube, but podcast yeah, feed. right on the podcast feed. So they will be here to carry the Cubs conversation into the weekend for you. We'll be back on Monday with a live show at 120. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Make sure you hit the like button on the way out. Big thanks to Justin Steele for his time and being an active participant in the interview as well. We had a great time with him. We're going to shoot to see if we can get him on a live show in studio, maybe, huh? This season, see if we can get him in the West Loop. Absolutely. That's the goal. That would be what they say, a vibe. Uh, Thanks for listening to the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. And, of course, fly the W.